Look at this from Fairclough. Still going. Dermot Beckler. Oh, it's two. Lady Beckler. Look how pleased he is. Hello and welcome to another Across the Park Extra. This time we've got a very special guest for you. A player who started 92 games for Liverpool and scored 37 goals. Some of them very important goals as well. We're delighted to be joined by David Fairclough. David, thank you very much for joining us. How are you, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, thanks, considering the uh, the troubles that we're all going through. Yeah. Uh, surviving is the probably the, the most apt. Yeah, that's it. Just getting through it. That's it. Have you taken up any hobbies or anything in the house, any routines? I did do the, the initial lockdown, so me uh, more active than, uh, than this one, obviously. Yeah. The weather dictates that, doesn't it? You know, we were we were kind of lucky in, yeah, in, in, a, in a sense. But um, I think the lockdown has uh, got me right out of my routine because I was I used to go to the gym, you know, anything up to five times a week um, up to lockdown, uh, and that 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 has been my big my big miss. Um, uh, I do a little bit. I've gradually got back into doing it. Slowly, slowly at home, but uh, I do miss going to the gym. That's yeah, and it's not the same doing that at home, is it? it unfortunately, no. I'm, I'm, I'm the type of needs a little bit of um, company competition. Mm. I like to do, I like to do the classes, and uh, that tends to keep me, keep me, keep me going. But uh, I tried to do a little bit of biking, even even in the last couple of days. I, I try and do a little bit of biking around where I live, and. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, it is. It isn't. Uh, it isn't the same. But uh, I've got. You know, I've got. I've got a couple of things to keep me interested. I'm involved in a in a business which, which um, normally we would prefer to be working more face to face. But um, we've had to, obviously, like everybody else, adapt to the virtual sort of way of doing meetings and and, and that type of thing. It's good that you've got stuff to keep you busy, and and you're up in form, aren't you? Which is obviously. Is that right? I am, yeah. yeah. So obviously, you've got the pine woods and the beach, beautiful place to, to be during a lockdown, I suppose. Plenty of walking. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Jürgen walked past yesterday. so uh, he's, he's like your neighbor, next door neighbour, isn't he? Yeah, he's a few doors away. A few doors away. He's in the, uh, he's in the posh part. I'm in the, uh, <laughs> I'm in the, I'm in the de- debtors part. But uh, the first, first lockdown up to when football... Um, Restarted. I used to see. I was seeing Jurgen pretty much every day. Um, I mean, that, the, the the way he kept himself busy was was walking his dog, and uh, he took advantage of the the lovely weather yesterday to to walk his dog. So, um, yeah, uh, first time I've been in in a while. Next to being on telly, court. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you drink with him, don't you, down at the local pub now and again. Bumped into Jürgen a few times, yeah. Um, I, I, again, you know, more more in the past than than yeah you know, recent recent times. But he, he's he's very. Uh, I think he, I think he's loved this 
he's loved this area and um, he's enjoyed doing normal things. And, and one was visiting the pub and, and I haven't <laughs> Having to sit outside, and uh, everybody loves to love to see him. And initially, I think it caused a little bit of a stare, and um, and and maybe people you know interrupted him a little bit. But mm. as time grew on, I think people used to appreciate him more. The fact that he was supporting local businesses, and uh, I don't think he, he got any hassle at all. People kept their distance. Just you know, and he was you know just the, the pleasantries really. Hello and. Yeah, I think, I think the way the Reds are at the minute, we could do with them getting back the boozer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think things are, uh, I think we'd all point to to certain things that we think might make a difference. Um, it, it's it's obviously, you know, a bit disappointing, the, the, the current, the, the current run that Liverpool are in because of the, um, you know, uh, so well, in comparison to to the way that we we, we played last to last year, really. Yeah, we'll we'll come on to that a bit later, David. Um, we do try and keep these interviews timeless, so we we try not to speak about specifically what's going on right now. But right. I do like to give us some predictions, and uh, as I say, this is timeless, so there's no pressure. But we will be able to go back and and, and see what your thoughts are, and how we're going to come out of this bit of a slump. Mm-hmm. But just to take you back to the beginning. Obviously, it's well known that, you know, as a young lad, you grew up within in spitting distance of Anfield, in the shadow of Anfield. Um, and I don't think there's ever been a player born as close to the ground as you who's been as successful as you. Um, so, yeah, tell us a little bit about your memories. I know you could hear the fans singing. Were you destined to be a Liverpool supporter? Yeah, my dad was a Liverpool fan. And um, one of the first things I ever remember... Uh, is my mum telling me that my dad had gone down to Leighton Orient to, to mm. see Liverpool in the that would have been and I didn't know it at the time but that would have been the season that Liverpool got promotion from second ah. to the first so obviously it was an important game for my dad to have gone down with a couple of mates uh, yeah. down to, to London in midweek as well yeah. so uh, that's, that's my that's my Pretty much my very earliest memory um, of you know yeah. you know sort of that football involvement um, where I, where I lived I lived between Beacon Lane and Saint Domingo Road. Oh yeah, um, there wasn't much else to do other than to occupy yourself out outdoors outside. So yeah. you know most of the year was football, a little bit of cricket in the. Um, Normally that that started at the day after the FA Cup final. Yeah, um, the you know we play we play cricket on what we call the Ola. Uh, for, for those who are familiar with Liverpool dialect, um, but uh, that was our football pitch. That was the cricket pitch, and um, yeah, all the all the, um, all the all the things. Perhaps when I grew up reading comics and things, these were the that was the life. Uh, that they led in, in in comics, you know what I mean? They wrote about cartoon characters uh, playing football in the street and playing against the walls and all that type of thing. And it was it was a very very for us typical ordinary um, way of growing up. Um, were you a special footballer amongst your peers and and, and mates at that age? Well, it's far from it for me to be saying, but I, I, did, I did get notoriety quite early on. 
Yeah. And um, I went to Major Leicester School, which is just down the, the road, uh, Lower Breck Road. Oh, yeah. Um, was, was knocked down only a couple of years ago. So gives you anybody who's familiar with the walk up from Everton Valley to to the cop end of Anfield would would have you know you'd walk past Major Leicester. It was a big school on your right hand side. Um, yeah. So I used to play football. Mum mum always said the first thing I did ever did was was kick a ball as a as a young you know as a, as a young little boy. Um, I'm seeing that now with, with my grandson. Actually, first thing he did was uh, was kick a ball. So. Hopes are hopes are high, <laughs> perhaps. Um, but um, at, a, at about seven, my first in, in first year primary, which I would have been seven then, I was playing with the under tens and the under eleven teams. So yeah. it was kind of, you know, gives you an indication. Maybe I was I was probably ahead of the the ones of my age. I think I've I think I've heard you say you were quite athletic, so you were pretty like quick at you know running. You were good at all sports. Like so many footballers, I suppose is that is that the case? I mean, everything I tried, you know, I was I was okay at. You know, obviously, yeah. as I said, the basics were football and cricket. Um, school was a was um was great for my my school was very active in in terms of sport, encouraged us to do sport. Uh, I was a fast runner, and um, and, and took part in in a, in a lot of athletics from. Progressing from primary school to senior school, I was always in the athletics team, always in in in, in the sprint sort of races and, and things like that. So I think, yeah, you know, say playing in the street, one thing that that was your that was your training ground. You yeah. know, I mean, we 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 invented games around Olympics and all that type of stuff. So you'd be running around the around, running around the streets and things and. Um, so it was all it was all based on on, on health and um, unwittingly we we were obviously perfecting our sort of craft ability. Yeah. You think about street football and you think about very sort of skillful close control type players when you think of like people being brought up in that type of environment, but that does represent how you like to play. You were you know a dribbler of the football mm-hmm. predominantly, I think, weren't you? Um, and that was probably reflective of them early days. Yeah, very much so. And the, the the streets, for anybody who can remember, the old streets played on cobbles. So the ball was never you never got a perfect roll of a ball. The ball was always bobbling, and so you 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 were sort of perfecting uh, ability without you know really knowing it. Um, I lived near um, Sir Thomas White Gardens, which was tenements area, and within yeah. uh, within uh, those there uh, those type of um, housing sort of facilities in in Liverpool. They, they used to have the big big areas to play football on. And that was probably the best surface you played on in those days. That that was that was flat, uh, and it was always a battle to get on there because you know kids did realise that 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 was the best place to to play if you if you could. Yeah, I was reading not long ago, actually, an interesting debate, and it was talking about, you know, everything evolves, you know, sportsmen in every sport get better over time, or that's the theory. But there was someone else saying, well, the likes of these outdoor places, you know, that we all used to have when we were kids, they're disappearing quickly. It's a dangerous thing to do now to be playing football outside for, you know, even if you just talk about the vehicles, the number of vehicles on the road. So I wonder if, you know, that sort of, Counterbalances the 
you know the, the the progressiveness we've seen in sports science and stuff and you know whether we whether we will get better as a result you know i, I often thought i thought when when the idea of academies was formed that that perhaps you'd see more talented footballers more two foot two footed footballers things like that but i I think it's not. It's not happened. I mean, I by the time I was sort of, I don't, let's say, nine years old, ten years old, I, I could kick equally as good with my left as my right. You know, well, mm. I, I was naturally left-footed, but certainly by the time I was eleven, playing in Liverpool, Liverpool primary boys, I would be playing on the right wing. I was playing on the left wing. I could play down. I was playing down the middle. So, I I, I think we we because of the conditions that we played in and, and the games that we invented. It yeah. kind of brought you on, so you couldn't rely on playing one-footed. I mean, I, I'm really, I'm disappointed the amount of one-footed footballers you see week in, week out. Actually, in, in football, and you see players reluctant to take a shot on because it's not on their so-called good foot. You know, um, so I, I, I wonder. I don't think there is that sort of there is that case that we're going to get better. I think yeah. um, you look back okay. and you look back to whatever the fifties, the sixties, or seventies. Um, the, those, those the, 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 an awful lot of talented footballers. I mean, just you know, go back as far as Stanley Matthews, for example, and the simple ways that he learned to to run with the ball, right foot, left foot. You know, lads, we used to, used to do that instinctively, and, we, and that, there's a follow-on, obviously, as you go through the through through those generations. Um, so. I actually, you know, football today, I, I don't see things that genuinely excite me in the way that football used to in years gone by. Yeah, as a fan, it is it is majorly frustrating when you're watching players. Certainly when, you know, what we touched on before, the, the, the sort of the way Liverpool are at the moment where we're struggling to score goals and things like that. And you're seeing players who you you need them to just get the shot off and, and, and have an attempt on goal. And they're trying to cut back and take another player on and knock it between someone's legs just to work that perfect angle on the perfect foot. And, you know... I'm similar to you. I can kick the you know good with both feet. Unfortunately, well, the same with both feet. Unfortunately, it's not very, <laughs> not very good. <laughs> it wouldn't matter what surface I was playing on. I'd I'd, I'd have it. Under, I wouldn't have it under control regardless. <laughs> I, I subscribe to the same school of thought, though. That ability has not improved. Obviously, people are fitter now, aren't they? The eating better. The, you know, the faster, the probably fitter, the the leaner. But in terms of ability, there was so much magic throughout all every decade you care to mention, and I don't think it's improved. No, I mean we we were we were discouraged from doing certain things when we were growing up, and we had a we had a, a like a real proper apprenticeship. I mean, you go to Liverpool at, at fifteen, and you you know you've been at you know Liverpool because you you've been good, you've been top of the level that you've been playing at. But you go there, and then you get you get the coaches sort of saying. You think you, you know, you think you can kick a ball properly. You think you can do this properly, and all this type of thing. You learnt again, you know. You you learnt the proper. You you. It, it was a deeper uh, information. I mean, I I say to one or two people who have who I know work around the academy. You know, do they actually work on this type of stuff? You know, because I see I see things now, even at the top level. You know, very much at the top level. Uh, which really, really surprises me the 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 lack of a real um, sort of football technique. I yeah. would say, and it's something that I think you know. If, if I was 
doing coaching on a daily basis. I'd be I'd be really one of my bugbears if, if lads weren't sort of uh, picking up on, on on certain things. I think the nature of football these days is is played in a different way. And you say they're fitter. I wouldn't necessarily agree. There's no way of of actually ever proving that. Other mm. But I think the way football has changed is that um, it's it's trained in a different way. So you you train for dynamic moments. So you yeah. you do a bit of energy. You do you know you exert a bit of energy, then you walk back. We yeah. we trained for increasing demand. So the yeah. old you know the old uh, term used to call them doggies or shuttle runs. That was the increase in demand work that we used to do. So you ran, you sprinted to the touchline. You couldn't turn around and just think, well, that's my little bit done. You had to then run back on side. So it was a different type of fitness, you know. And then you could look at old films of, of Liverpool team. And Liverpool, as an example, and I'm sure Everton are the same, it was, it was built on, you know, work rate, tenacity, you know, non-stop. And if you were seen walking, then, you know, you, you got a, you got a rollicking. So, yeah, so I think... I- in terms of fitness, the fitness has changed. Football yeah. is leaner. There's no more, say, Tommy Smiths and Larry Lloyds around. Yeah. The, the, you know, but the, the more, more people, you've got to be able to sprint. If you can't sprint in football, modern football. Yeah. No, I think, you know, I, I wouldn't disagree. I, I, well, as you were saying, I was thinking of Ian Rush and, you know, you think of the of the press, the Gengham press and, and all that, that. That's so popular these days. But yeah. Ian Rush is phenomenal at pressing defenders. Yeah. yeah. Back then, in the early, you know, the early eighties, so it's not new, is it? <laughs> it, it? It isn't new. It's just everything's redressed, isn't it? Really, yeah. you know. Yeah. As I say, what players were doing in in the fifties and the sixties. I mean, we we did we did exercises and things that Shanks took from his days in in the army. You know, yeah. army PT. And you still see some of that. You still still see some of that stuff now. Even there was a girl doing fitness on the telly this morning. Exercises. They're just redressed in a different yeah. way, and they're given different names, or they, you know. But the, the, there's, it isn't all new, you know. It's not all wonderful, yeah. you know. Yeah, but let's get back to your career and tell us a little bit about how you initially got picked up for Liverpool. How old were you, and how does it all come about in those those very first early days? Well, I, I played, I'd say, in uh, in Major Leicester, and I, I got into the Liverpool under eleven. What they called the primary school boys in those days, uh, and that was that was a big, you know, that was a big thing to get into the uh, that standard of football. All of a sudden, playing against uh, the best kids from you know all over the country, you know, um, was a great, um, I think, great help in developing in developing me, um, mm. and and it got me brought me a little bit of attention. Um, I moved to senior school at um, between eleven and twelve, and um, at that point, I just played for the school team, you know, and I played for primary boys. When I got when I went to senior school, uh, the lads I was mixing with were obviously from different areas, and there was and then I first heard the thing Sunday League. You know, I was introduced to playing Sunday League football down in Bootland, Lidland. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was a great experience going and playing with with kids, you know, from all around the likes of Bootle, Netherton, Fazakali, um, Aintree, all these 
different sort of um, different standards, you know, coming up against tough, yeah. tougher, tougher lads. That was all a key, that was a key part of that was a key key part of of progressing. I went to a grammar school, so they never really encouraged to play football. So mm-hmm. Sunday Sunday football and, and a little bit of school football was was um, was great. Sunday was, Sunday became though my, my real main football because that was the most competitive um, yeah. environment that I was in. And at that point, I think it basically um, the scouts are always trawling around. Um, places like Buckley Hill. I remember being a kid and uh, and seeing Ronnie Moran on, on Buckley Hill, uh, walking around with his with his son at the time. And um so um I was I was I was in the pool kind of thing. Yeah. You know, there, there were scouts around and around that a little bit after that I was um uh we moved to Cantrell Farm as was um it's gone mm. up Gone up a peg or two now since it became Stockbridge Village. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we moved, Yeah, so we moved from we moved from Everton to to Cantrell Farm, and I, so I changed. I changed played Sunday League, and from what I gather, um, whereas my name had been picked out at uh, somebody had seen me down in Bootle. Now my, my name was cropping up in Cantrell Farm. So Liverpool came to the Liverpool came to the house to find out where I was actually, whether I was the same kid, and where I was actually playing now. Yeah. So, um, so they watched me one Sunday morning. Um, I think it was only first or second game for in Cantrell Farm, and uh, they watched me on a Sunday, and I signed for Liverpool on the Tuesday. Well, Tuesday night I got the forms. Thursday I was signed up for Liverpool as a as an associate schoolboy. So did you know on the Sunday that someone was going to be there watching you? Yeah, because I'd been out I'd been I I'd been out on Saturday morning. I was playing for the school. In the school we played over at Utree. We well, we, that's where we happened to be playing. And when I came back, when I came home, my mum said, Oh, there was somebody from Liverpool here here today. They came to try and watch you today. And I said, oh, I wish they had it done because I scored I scored two or three. So and they said, "Oh, well, he's coming back tomorrow." Um, and uh, I said, "All right." So he said, "Oh, so your dad will probably take him down to the field to watch you." I was playing in a um, in the Cantrell Farm League on the Sunday. I remember, and I remember it vividly. To be honest, um, we were kicking in, just doing the warm up and stuff, and I could see my dad walking over the field with these two guys, um, who it turned out were were the Liverpool scouts. Uh, yeah. I get European Cup finals. That's pressure. I <laughs> know. <laughs> you know. I don't think. I don't think I have any. I don't have any memory of it being sort nope. of being like you know on stage and kind of um, having that pressure. You know. Um, anyway, it went well. We we had a big win. It was. It was. As it turned out, it was the two big biggest teams in the division played that morning, and uh, and it went really well. I you know uh, I was yeah. to score goals for fun in in that kind of. Level, so yeah. Um, yeah, the, 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 and then I was up, invited up to Melwood on the Tuesday night, come and have a little look, uh, which was a great thrill because in years gone by, I'd been down to Melwood, and and being one of those kids who climbed up, you know, climbed up the wall and watched the sixties team train and that type of thing, and in the uh, you know on the bus going to school, I was I sat upstairs and 
you know, every always head always looked over to Melwood every uh, whatever time of day you went past Melwood, you just look at yeah. and see if there was anything there. So it was a big thrill to be invited to just walk in walk in the gate and and go into the dressing room. So and when then, when you when you start there then with with Liverpool, obviously you you're only a, you're not only a young lad. Is there a noticeable difference? Is it is it the level a, a hell of a lot higher even at that age? Yeah, it, it's really competitive because I, I came in as I was thirteen, and in those in, at that point, Ruben Bennett, who was the first team coach, used to do the odd uh, Thursday night training. Mm. He didn't take it all the time. John Benison, Tom Saunders. And another guy, George Patterson, they used to take the training. But then Ruben had come in one night, and it, the, it was the hardest training I'd ever I'd done up to that point. You know, the intensity changed. What was being asked of you to uh, was, was a different was a different level. And you soon realise that you know uh, if you're going to go any any further, you 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 really you've got to, you've got to perform. Um, I know one or two lads. You used to you used to wear your own kit for training those days, so you wore whatever you, you know, whether it's yellow, blue, red, could be anything. But the odd the odd lad got a um, had a Liverpool tracksuit, a tracksuit top that he would have been given because he was probably they were the ones who you looked at and thought they're a little bit ahead of the others. Yeah. You know, they tended to be more fifteens and sixteens, but that's what you dreamt of. Getting a tracksuit, a tracksuit top that that the actual the first team wore the same, you know, tops. Uh, so there are always different little things that you were aiming for to to play on a certain pitch or to, you know, you you were obviously always tested, but you had these little these are little pegs that you were trying to always get up to. So how long did it take you to get the tracksuit top? God, I don't. I don't think yeah. I got a tattoo top till I uh, till I became an apprentice. Um, I I I think for a year. Yeah, I actually didn't. I I, I didn't achieve that sort of. I don't think I achieved that um, that standing. I um, uh, I got into Liverpool boys under fourteens uh, at that point. And the under fourteens led on to the under fifteens, and Tom Saunders, who'd been a, a major. Major part of Liverpool schoolboy football for many years. He he obviously now joined Liverpool, and he felt that it was better for me to concentrate on Liverpool schoolboys. And he just said, "We need you. We want you. We'll we'll call you back uh, at certain points." He said, "But just you know, carry on doing what you're doing. We we'll just keep an eye. You know, we'll keep an we'll keep an eye on you type of type of thing." And mm. uh, they called me back the odd time, and I, I got called in to play in. Um, in trial games that uh, where they where they've got kids from all over the you know for wherever all over the country they'd come and they and you'd, you'd get a uh, you'd, you'd play in a game and uh, and I think it was just a way of measuring you know how good you know maybe Progress. up to the likes of you know maybe me people like Trevor Birch I don't know that name's familiar with you mm-hmm. um, so. Um, the, the, that that was a that was a good thing really. I, you know, I stopped choosing Thursday night training for for a while, um, and then I, I went back after after I finished with the schoolboys at fifteen, and then they they wanted me to sign apprentice at fifteen. They wanted me to sign apprentice at fifteen and a half. Well, my school wouldn't let me. That wasn't school policy to leave at fifteen and a half. Um, some of the lads I played with in Liverpool schoolboys, people like Max Thompson, Jeff Ainsworth, 
they left at 15 and a half. They, they'd gone to, they went to comprehensives. Um, but my school, my school wouldn't let me leave at that point. So I thought, I thought I'd missed out really. It was, it was an opportunity and I thought, well, that, you know, maybe the chance, uh, might mightn't happen again. But my dad said he was, they told him, he said, don't worry, there'll be another, there'll be another, um, you'll get another call next year. And I'll continue to play with the team anyway. I was still playing in the, in the games, but he said, well, we still waiting to be an apprentice, but we'll, we'll, you know, you'll get that offer next, next year. The school reluctantly let me go at 16 and a half. Uh, did what, you know, they were called O-levels at the time, not GCSEs. <laughs> did some O-levels. And um, and then I left at 16 and a half. I say, so very much against school policy because going to that, that type of school, the, the, it was kind of higher education that they were hoping the, the kids were going to go yeah. on to. So I signed at 16 and a half as an apprentice. And um, I signed in the afternoon. I'd, I'd um, been, I had an exam in the morning, the last exam of my, my thing. But in the morning, Four other lads had signed apprentice um, with Tom Saunders and Bill Shankly. I then went along on, in the afternoon with my dad, and I signed, went through the went through the the procedure, and then when we left the office, the uh, Tom Saunders said to us, um, he said you've got a chance of being a player. He said we signed four lads this morning. He said we've told them they'd be better off going and be a bin man now. He said, because they'll not make it. He said, but you've got a chance, which was like unbelievable to, you know, unbelievable mm. to hear that. Uh, dad that must he, have been proud. Yeah, yeah, my dad was never a very, uh, he was very silent, uh, quiet bloke. And I think, I think it probably would have made a big, yeah, would have made a big impression. Meeting Bill Shankly as well, face to face, sitting, sitting with him. Um, I don't think we ever really got around to saying what he what he actually um, what he actually felt, but he would have been absolutely uh, glowing inside. I'm sure, you know. Um, so at sixteen and a half, yeah, I, I'm I was an apprentice, and whereas lads sometimes do all the the, the, the jobs that they they have cleaning the boots, pumping the balls, putting the kit out, doing all that type of stuff. Normally do that for two, you know, well, if you signed at 15 and a half, you've got to let potentially 18 to be before they, they offer you pro forms, if they are going through at all. Yeah. I got offered pro forms six months later, 17, not my 17th birthday. I signed pro, which um, which was it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, that was a fantastic time. So that what does that mean then in terms of like the the day to day stuff for you? Do you go from training with the with the apprenticeship lads to now you're training with what well, maybe the reserves or are you in and around any of the stars at this point? Yeah, I think I think probably you have more to do with the um, the, the stars as, as an apprentice. Weirdly, because yeah. you're 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 the first one in the morning. You're laying the kit out and you're running errands for the for the players. Um, I'd go home, but I'd go back to Cantrell Farm sometimes and tell me mates, you know, you know, I spoke to Kevin Keegan, he called me this, or he called me Ginger, or these type of things. And my mates were like, they couldn't believe it, you know. I said, yeah, yeah, clean John Toshak's boots and uh, all these type of things. I'd be, I'd be just giving them the news of what I'd, my experience is like, and uh, I remember them being like made up. I mean, I was made up telling them, 
uh, all these simple things. But once you sign pro, you're now in the uh, well, the reserve. Well, the one, the, the first team dressing room. So they were the first team, and the ones who were close to the first team the squad. The other dressing room was the reserves, the apprentices, uh, the lads who were perhaps not even quite in the reserves yet. They're all yeah. in one room. But you're getting your kit put out for you, you know, and your, bat, your bats are getting cleaned and all this type of thing. So I felt quite odd. There's some of my mates who'd, you know, had been an apprentice a year younger, longer than I had. And they're still sort of doing all the menial things that I was now not, not a part of. So it's kind of... Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it went down too well, really. Um, you know, I'm sure there was a little bit of jealousy in the within some of them but yeah. uh, but that's the progression that's the that's a tough that's a tough part of it and mm-hmm. luckily for me without sometimes lads were getting nearer you know lads would talk about getting close to a, maybe their 17th or their 18th birthday and they're wondering what's going to happen yeah. it kind of just flowed for me it just you know i never had time to worry yeah. you know the the, the the shout to become a pro came completely out the blue you know they gave me no warning or anything like that um all of a sudden you're just saying you were gonna offer your forms to to be professional. Yeah. It was quite weird the way it all happened because um we'd play I played for the uh the A team on a Saturday and um I was told to go to Anfield the next morning, Sunday morning. So my dad dropped me off at Anfield and when I got there, Max Thompson was there, a lad who I'd known I played with in Liverpool Primary Boys. Uh, that that far back, and we're both standing there against the wall. And I said, uh, "What were you here for, Max? Do you know?" And he said, uh, "I think." I said, "I think there's talk of us being made pros, kind of thing." I said, "You know, I was kind of staggered." I mean, a little while later, this this guy appears with Tom Saunders, and um, he was a researcher from a TV program called Magpie. Oh yeah. And, uh, Got to be of a certain era to remember my. Oh, I, I know, I know of it. I, I never watched it, obviously. But yeah. So he's a researcher from uh, Martin Day. His name was, and he was a researcher. So when we said we had a little sat, sit down, he said, "What the, what this is about?" He said, "Is you two are going to sign professional?" He said for Liverpool. He said we're going to follow that sort of process, and we're, we're, we're building it for the for the program. Obviously, everybody knew Magpie. If you were around those days, you knew Magpie. And he, so he told us that we were signing pro for Liverpool. It didn't come from Liverpool. It came from TV, <laughs> yeah. TV researcher, you know. Oh, he knew. Yeah. He, he knew. And we, we, we said, like, you know, what, 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 you know, what are we here for? And he said, well, this is, you know, you're going to sign professional. And uh, the film's still knocking around somewhere. It was uh, me with my uh, big red barnet is, uh, you know, Kind of, kind of embarrassing, um, embarrassing uh, sort of image. But um, with Shanks and, and and being, you know, signing probes, it was, it was an incredible time. Well, you yeah. say there, you didn't really get much notice about, you know, throughout your throughout your early career. What about when you broke into the first team? Was there was there much talk of of giving you that opportunity, or was it just sprung on you one one evening? Yeah, I, I got into the uh, reserves. I was playing. I was doing quite. I was doing well with the reserves. I'd really started the season off well. Um, Shanks had just left, 74. And uh, so, so I'm in the... Well, no, uh, yeah, so I'd been in the reserve. I, 
playing the reserves under Shanks. Um, and then I got off to a good start. Shanks, re Shanks uh, retired, got into the reserves. Things were going quite well. Got had a good, had a good start. And um, again, you know, normally the day after games in the, in the old days were free. And um, I played for the reserves one night. I played uh, Sheffield Wednesday as Anfield. And this was a, uh, this was a Wednesday night. And um, rather than be off on the Thursday, I was told after the game, said, you're in tomorrow. And I thought it was quite odd, really. I wondered why you know, I was being told to come and train on Thursday. Because there'd been no mention of me being in the first team up to that point. Um, you're in training tomorrow. And um, uh, a guy called Kevin Cooley, who was captain of the reserves at the time, he and, he and me, uh, we went in the following day. And uh, we just we just trained. We did we did we did light stuff on the on the Thursday. Nothing uh, nothing special. We just just doing limbering up and that type of thing. And he gave me a he gave me a lift part of the way home because I was still coming into work on the bus. Um, so he gave me he gave me a lift to Tubrook, and um, so I just said, uh, well, "Why do you think we were in today?" He said, "Well, apparently he says there's there's a couple of injury doubts." He said. Um, there's a chance of playing for the first team. There's, there's a chance we're going to be included in the first team. I said, really? He said, he said your chances are really good. He said, because highway's sick or something. Um, I said, all right. I never, I never thought it would happen. But again, I was kind of a little bit, you know, oblivious to to, to, to the thing. So we went in on the Friday morning and then we trained, we, we trained with the first team. Um, I was part of the, the first team meeting. And then the um, the, tra the training session, which was only ever there was only ever a little bit of a warm up and and a seven side game and uh, on a Friday, quite light. And then after training, they told me I was travelling to Middlesbrough, and um, just to tell you, you know, your dad, you, if you know, if he wanted to go up, if there was a chance you'd be playing. So um, so I went home, went home to Cantrell Farm, and. Um, I rang my dad at work and I said to him, I'm travelling with the first team tomorrow. Well, travelling later that day. Uh, but there's a chance I'm playing. And, you know, if you want, they said they'll he'll sort out tickets for uh, mm. for us, for, for, for my mum, my dad, and my aunt and uncle, who were fanatical Red Liverpool fans anyway. They, they went home and away yeah. uh, for years. So, um, but Bob as he said he'd, he'd sort them out with four tickets. So clearly, he'd made his mind up that I was I was playing. I bet you the conversation wasn't that cool and calm the way you've just explained it. Then, <laughs> my dad, yeah, probably. Uh, I remember sitting on the little uh, the sitting on the little uh, bench with the telephone, the old telephone, sort of, um, you know, ringing up dad and saying no mobile phones either. Uh, oh. Whereas I'm traveling, traveling with the first team on Friday night, so so I had to go back then to Am. Obviously, I've come home, get some stuff, and then go back to Anfield, and then you go into middle, going up to Middlesbrough. Um, but again, you know, I was traveling by bus then. I mean, so gone on back on back on the twelve C twenty six up to Anfield, uh, and on the coach to uh, to to Middlesbrough. And, Keep uh, hungry though. These days, and if you're in that position, you'd be driving in, you'd be coming in in a Bentley, wouldn't you? 
I'd, I'd be Range Rover or something, wouldn't I? I'd, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, something uh, jazzy. But yeah. uh, <laughs> no, so it was, it was kind of all... Um, I, don't, I don't know whether... I think when I look back on it, I, I don't know whether I thought it would happen, you know, that, that, that I would be that I would be playing. I, I never really... I wasn't a bag of nerves. Um, sat with um, with Joey Jones and um, I remember Joey particularly, and a couple of the couple of the other lads. But there was a lot, I remember I remember the some of the other lads playing got uh, playing cards and like never seen never seen that amount of money in in a in a, in a, in a little pot. You know they were, they were playing uh, we were playing pontoon and. Um, and they well, so I just sat on the bus. And I was I was pretty bemused, really, by the whole by the whole thing. I was familiar with Joey Jones because he he'd had a few games in the reserves, um, but I wasn't really friendly with 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 anybody else. You know, they they were certainly they were they were much older than me, with the exception of Tomo, um, Terry Mack a little bit. You know, really the ones who played in that team, they were the only ones I was familiar with, really. Yeah. So that was the first of November, uh, nineteen seventy-five. Yeah, it was a one-nil win. Yeah, uh, what, what you know, you, you're on. What are your memories of the game? Actually, your first touches and and all that. How did it yeah. go? Uh, we played in all. Uh, we played in white, mm. which was um, obviously um, you know your dream of playing in the red. Yeah, but I'm playing now. Might make my debut in in white, Liverpool. Yeah. And um, I remember walking out of the uh, the dressing rooms at Middlesbrough went went fantastic, um, but um, I remember walking down this very narrow tunnel. The old days, it was a very very narrow tunnel. Um, I'd been there actually a year earlier. Uh, I'd been there a year earlier, but um, we played the youth cup there for Liverpool. Um, we played against Middlesbrough in the youth cup, so the tunnel's very narrow. So you're obviously you're forced to get in, in single file because that's pretty much as as wide as it was it was. And as it got to the end, I'm obviously chomping on the bit. Mm. My mum said to me, they said said you were almost ahead of the you were almost the first one onto the pitch. So mm. I opened up at the end. I must have been in that much of a rush. I've just sort of like forgot about the the fact that we're all running out in Indian file, so to speak. Yeah. And she said. You were the, uh, you were the, and I can't remember whether, I'm not sure whether Kevin Keegan was the uh, was captain that day, I'm not, uh, or, or, or or whether Emlyn was, I'm not sure. But Mum said I eventually led the, eventually uh, <laughs> led the team out, which I'd love to have seen actually. If there's any film of it, I'd love to have, uh, have no. But my mum felt that I was, I was, I looked very eager to get out there, and um, and I thought I did well. Consider when you look back on. Middlesbrough's team. Middlesbrough's team. Well, they'd just been promoted from the from the second division, and you know they had a, they had a formidable back four: John Craggs, Willie Madren, Stuart Bone, Suey was in there. Uh, they were they were a, they were a very good side, very good side. But I was because I didn't know them. I wasn't really mm. I wasn't really phased, and um, and then what I was asked to do, basically just to you know, run around up front and make myself busy. I enjoyed it. It was good. I thought I, I thought I did well. So you you did you spend time up front and on like kind of the right wing as well? Or were well, you... you know, sometimes I look back and I think to myself, that's that's um, that might have been a little bit of a 
an undo. And I often think, you know, players that are, are a utility type mm. often are the ones who are left out. But if you're you're only a left you're only a left winger, then to see how good you are, you're probably going to get six or eight games playing in left wing. You know, mm. whereas if you could play in multiple positions, I think that was always a danger to be to be able to play in. In a, in a number of positions, uh, and I still feel that a little bit now. Sometimes I look at some players and think, you know, they they were just sort of, yeah. What one then you've got the manager's got to persist with you for a little while, just make sure that you you know you've either got it or you haven't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I could play um, you know I could play either side. I mean, I played, you know, I said before, right, left, centre. That was always that that was always a feature of what I'd. Yeah, what I've been asked to do. You know, came in different down the years. Late, later on, when I played for Liverpool. Sometimes I played as a as the the right side number eight. Sometimes I played as I came on played a you know as as an out and out winger. You know, so you know it was it was it was a, it was obviously a, an option. It was kind of a, it was a, a way of change, being fluid with the team. Really, yeah. Change, you know, I suppose in them days, like they had less substitutes they could use, didn't they? It wasn't like I don't think you could bring three on, could you? Only has one. One yet. So if you're it, the best player to be on the bench in them days is one who can play in a number of positions, I suppose. So maybe it's helpful from that perspective. Yeah, in some ways. I mean, before me, uh, you look at nobody. Nobody had probably been sub as much as as I. You, you know, had a, a few seasons of people like you know. I've looked back and seen different things. Um, in one of the cup in the seventy one cup final, Chris Lawler was sub. You know, who could only play right wing, who could only play right back. So yeah. uh, it was kind of the, the the one who was. I don't think he used it as. I, I don't think prior to me really. I don't think he used it as a as a real tactic. Ray Evans once said to me, um, he said, you know, the the fact he said sometimes he said that the the way that he had you had an option. He said you're one of the first names he'd put down because he knew that he could. He, that could, that would allow him then to to make other positional choices, you know. Yeah. No, they had me. So well, okay, Tosh, who carried an injury for a couple of seasons, really. He knew, he knew that he could get away by playing Tosh or we'll starting off with maybe Jimmy on the right side. Yeah, Terry Um So so it, it did. It was it was something that I probably found very hard to to really um, take to. I, I found it I found it very frustrating. Not initially. Initially, it was it was a thrill just to um, to get that opportunity, you know, so, yeah. to, to play a few games. You were brilliant, you know, it was brilliant because there was a lot of people in the in the in the in the squad, so to speak. So to be the twelfth man was a little bit of a, a pat on the back. But yeah. obviously, later on, it became it becomes a bit of a nuisance because you played more and more as a sub. Yeah. Well, this first season, then you, I think you made fourteen appearances and you scored seven mm-hmm. goals. And one mm-hmm. and two isn't bad for any striker, is it? So not a bad no, fit. No, that was uh, that. That was a pleasing thing. Um, I uh, when my second game, I played Middles. Played for against Middlesbrough. The midweek after the Middlesbrough game, we played Sociedad in the uh, the UEFA Cup, and I came on a sub and scored my first goal, which was. Which was a nice, nice thing to get out the way, you know. Being obviously having made a reputation as a goal scorer in in, in the lesser football, now or now that made an appearance, got the goal, 
monkey off your back kind of thing, you yeah. know. Um, so that, 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 was a, that was a good thing. But I only made a couple of sub appearances then until I think about March, the following March, and um, I played against um, Norwich. Uh, scored scored the, the only goal. We won one nil away in Norwich. Yeah. And then the following week, I was sub. We played Burnley at home. I came on a sub and scored two. We won <laughs> two one. Yeah. Following week, we played Everton. I come on a oh. sub and scored the win against Everton. So, Let's so, pause. You can't yeah, skip yeah. over that goal. Probably, that was a good, that was a great uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, I just we can't skip over that Everton goal too quickly. I, that's my favourite derby goal, possibly mm. of all time. Or I mm. think it's the best derby goal. It reminds mm. me so much of Maradona's goal against England. I, am I thinking of the right season? Yeah. Yeah, seventy six. Yeah, yeah, it was better than Maradona's. <laughs> <laughs> Tighter angle to finish from, weren't it? Yeah, yeah. Maradona didn't get tackled until the, the, the death. It mattered, it mattered more than Maradona's. <laughs> I know. I was uh, obviously um, it, that that was you know was well before uh, Maradona done his. So so it's a nice. Um, it was a bit of a bit of um, that style of play was my was my style. I've grown up doing that type of thing. That was yeah. you know um, that's what I enjoyed doing. Running the players. You know, defenders having shots on goal. That was me. That was me. That was the natural me. So I was really, really pleased to 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 have achieved that. You know, and I look back on it, with, it always makes me. It does give me a feel good factor. I have to say, whenever I see it. So what what was it like that night and that week? You must have been the talk of the city and all your mates and your family and all that. Yeah, well, it was it was Grand National morning. Okay, uh, it was April the third. Uh, Saturday morning, um, so I was probably one of the few that was used to playing Saturday morning at that time because I just not long finished playing schoolboy football, you know, school mm-hmm. football. So um, I said I went back to Cantle Farm because I wasn't into, you know, the thought the, the thought of those days wasn't about drinking or anything like that. That wasn't, mm-hmm. you know. So I go back to Cantle Farm and I was. I was I was a bit terrified, actually. I remember walking over to the precinct first, for the, to the shops later that afternoon and being worried that I might get jumped by an Evertonian. There were a couple of notorious Evertonians lived on Castle Farm in those days. Yeah. Uh, so I was, I was, yeah, I was fearful of my own. Uh, I was fearful for me, my well-being more than anything, uh, ready to celebrate. But no, nothing happened. No, no celebrations, nothing like that. It was just, we lived in a little little place uh, in a quiet corner, at Cantrell Farm. It was, you know, it was. I would yeah. probably stand on the corner later on talking to with my mates, you know. Yeah. So look, we go back to that time, and although you know, as that goal showed, you you've got an incredible footballing talent, but you had Toshak and Keegan. Mm. You know, they were famous for being sort of. They done that thing on the telly, didn't need to see if they actually were telepathic. So, <laughs> You know that's going to be a tough partnership to break up. So I just want to know a couple of things, really. One, I would like to ask you about just how good Kevin Keegan was, but also, you know, what were your thoughts of that partnership? Were you thinking ah, this is impossible, or what were you thinking? No, well, I, I love Tosh. To be honest with you, I love. I I, I used to follow um, as a schoolboy. I um, I'd pick John Tosh out as one of my favourites when he played for Cardiff. Oh, yeah. Liverpool, I was made up. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, when I 
became a substitute when I uh, became an apprentice. Rather, um, I volunteered to clean his boots every day. <laughs> uh, I loved Tosh. He was great. He was yeah. really, really great. He was one of my favourites. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't think that I was really competing in in that sense at that point. You know, obviously Keegan Tosh and Highway was a was was the 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 usual lineup. Um, and once I once I broke into the team, I um, with the exception of Kevin Keegan, really, I never felt overawed by by any of them because they all we all had something different. Yeah. Well, I certainly I certainly did other things that that Stevie wasn't capable of doing, and yeah. and, and he probably you know likewise. Um, Toshi had his game. He was very much the big man, <laughs> the big man, the target, and things like that. So he gave Liverpool some you know another option that I obviously didn't but if we wanted to play on the floor through the through the middle then I you know that's where I was a better option because yeah. you know pace pace wise so it was one of those sort of situations where you felt that uh, we, we were all kind of complementary and it was just a case of trying to get a fair your, your fair crack at the whip so um, are you not really looking at anyone in particular there to say I'm taking their spot you're just basically waiting for the opportunity yeah, I think Gary, because because I could play in different positions, I didn't have anybody firmly in my. You know, I didn't obviously want to be the left. I wasn't bothered whether I was the left winger, right winger, or I played a set or down the centre. It was just a case of have a shirt, and that was it. You know, number of the you know some of my better games, I played uh, as number eight, and I played wide wide right. Um, and there were occasions where I'd run scoring goals and playing as a playing as a number ten. So, um, so no, no, nothing was clearly in my in, in my in my sights because we used to play slightly. We played slightly differently. If, if Tosh played, obviously the game was a different nature. Because, you know, using the big man sort of mm. idea. So, um, so I didn't obviously ever feel that I was, you know. I got I got a little bit frustrated when when we signed Dave Johnson um, because John whilst he was good in the air. Again, I th- I thought at times, um, well, if Toshi's finished, Toshi's sort of phasing out a little bit. I felt there'd be had there'd be more more of an opportunity for me. Um, but but Toshi was also carrying on. You know, I don't think it's been really mentioned a great deal. But Toshi was carrying a. Achilles. Achilles problem at the time, and and so they were, they were okay. I knew that he wasn't fit. That really frustrated me because maybe I'd be sub or knowing that he wasn't ready to play. The morning of Saint Etienne, for example, he said to me, "Feel that." He said, "Feel my guy." I helped him warm up, and he was really, really struggling that morning. And and so I knew how bad his his Achilles was. You know, it was it was virtually broken. But he, yeah. he wouldn't. He wouldn't give in. So, um, so that that became a bit of the frustration of being substitute, knowing that some of them were carrying injuries. Do you think it was more about Keegan, um, like who was the better partner for Keegan, rather than like who was the better player? It was all around him. You know what? Really, I think uh, a lot of it was. I do believe that. I think a number of the issues revolved around who was going to cause him the least hassle. You know, <laughs> Tosh. Tosh and I, I started up. Uh, I started on the right side of the UEFA Cup final against Bruges yeah. in the first season. 
Uh, Jimmy Case was sub. At half-time, Tosh got brought off. We were getting beat 2-0 at half-time. So he, he took Tosh off. Um, I go into the middle, and then Jimmy goes and plays on the right-hand side. Tosh blew his... Tosh blew up. He went off mm-hmm. home. You know, it was reported. He, he got in his car and, and went off home. It was one of them things that players didn't do in those days. So I think that always stuck with me that, you know, the least hassle that Paisley had, the the easier it was for him. Because he didn't, you know, whereas with me, he could, I was a little bit pliable, young lad, still yeah. living at home, um, you know. Uh, there were a couple of things I think that favoured. I was going to give him an easier way out than so he could put Tosh in. Nobody dragged Tosh off 15 minutes to go. How often did I come on for John Tosh? I, I couldn't even remember, but uh, invariably that was the that was the change, and it was just to keep Toshi sort of uh, happy, you know. I mean, you think about the the toughness of players then compared to now. You're talking about what Tosh played through there. You wouldn't get that now, would you? No, I mean Phil Neal. You know Phil Neal. Geez, four hundred and fifteen yeah. games or something he played. He, absolutely unbelievable. Um, you know Phil Neal played with a broken cheekbone. Uh, I mean, a great story about Phil Neal. How he broke his cheekbone one week, and and basically it was you know to say he's out for four or six weeks. Ends up playing the next week because yeah. you know the lads had a Tommy Smith. You know what Smithy used to play with, and uh, no, yeah. none of the lads. None of the lads would admit to being injured, you know. Uh, yeah. Terry Mack once said, Bob Paisley said he, he had a problem with his hand. Terry Mack, I think he must have broke, not broke his hand or something. But he, he, uh, Bob, he Terry tells a story that Bob asked him about his hand. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. He said, we'll give it a little bit of it. We'll give it a rest. You know, he said, uh, have, a, have a break. So if you showed any injury, you knew that that was it because the manager was looking for... Because he's got he's got fourteen, fifteen players who he's trying to keep happy. Yeah, and he just you know if, if somebody gives him an excuse, happy yeah. day, you know. So Kevin Keegan, then just how good was Kevin Keegan? Best player in the world in that year, or no? I don't I don't think so. In, in, in truth, I think I think he I think he became a better player after he went to Hamburg. Okay, he was he was mass he was massive for for Liverpool, um, and I'd been a Kevin Keegan fan. Obviously, when he broke in in '71, <clears throat> but the year when he announced that he was going to leave, um, he didn't play very well at all, and, and okay. you know, the crowd were getting on his back and stuff like that. And I, I, that kind of showed you Liverpool could play without Liverpool could survive without Kevin. But he, when he was on form, he he was brilliant. He comes up, he came up trumps so many times, scoring valuable goals. His energy was fantastic. Um, Sometimes I thought he, he kind of tried to take on too much. I, I thought you know sometimes he, he could intimidate. He was probably the, the only one that you felt was um, didn't let you take the responsibility. You know, um, sometimes he played these little short passes and he'd come over and he he'd kind of take the ball off. You know, very close to you rather than yeah. give you the responsibility. That's one of the that's one of the impressions I. That I'm left with about Kevin, um, that he he always felt that he he could do more than anybody else, and he you know he, he wanted to take that responsibility. But uh, he was brilliant, and he, he was he's you know the most personable player I think I've ever come across. You know, with with crowds, with with fans, and things like that. Just a great 
just a lovely, a lovely sleeve, isn't it? Pardon? He wears his heart on his sleeve big time, Kevin Keegan. Yeah, he, he's just what you see is what you get. You know, I roomed with him a few times when I was younger and he, he gave me tips and things like that. And I just kind of he was the only one who I kind of thought he's he's a little bit of a different a different level. But mm. I think I think when he went to um uh Hamburg, that was the that was the turning point for, for him. Um I, I can, you know, look back on, on many games where he made the difference for Liverpool. He had his moments, like we all had our moments. Mm. But um I, I think that that spell away, I think he, he really mat- really matured him, I would yeah. say. So Toshak's injuries start to get worse and the following season you're playing more and more, aren't you? So that mm-hmm. must be great. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, the, the the more everyone you know, everyone's happy when they're playing, and um, and you're just happy to uh, do well. Score goals was always was always a help. Probably probably wasn't as um, when I was a kid. It was all about scoring goals. You know, bags and bags of goals, loads and loads. Uh, even in the in the the, the junior football scoring threes, fours, fives. Uh, when I got on the first team, it kind of I, I, I felt that it. I was more. I was as, not as happy, but I was happy to play my part and to actually lay goals. You know, to make goals and be a, be a team player. Whereas you know, like Zaldo was very much a six yard you know six yard box man and one thing or another. And that might have been the way I would have been. It's different stages of me growing up as a footballer. It was all about me scoring a goal. Yeah. Um, I think once I got to the first team, I, I appreciate, you know, I, I wouldn't say it let me down because my, my goal ratio was still good, but I, I, I didn't, I lost that kind of um, selfishness. Yeah, that selfishness. In, yeah, selfishness probably is the. That sounds like um, a boot room mentality to me, David. Like, is that so? I can imagine that's the type of thing that the boot room drum into you. It's not about you, as it's about the team and that type of thing. Yeah, a bit, a bit like that. A bit, a bit also. Um, uh, I think you were. I don't know whether or not it, that the fear of the fear of um, making the wrong choice. Mm. You know, I mean, how many goals could Kenny have scored more? If he hadn't passed it as much, I mean, Kenny was a very unselfish player. I remember comparing him to Suarez at one point, where there was a, there was an era, there was a time in Suarez's time where he just used to shoot the goal from impossible yeah. angles. Kenny didn't do that, you know. For example, Kenny would lay it on, and and, and he still scored all the goals that he did. So I think yeah. that was the Liverpool way was to make sure that if you got in that right position, if, if you if you you know take the shot on, but. If you you know if you're not if somebody else is in a better position, then sort of pick pick it out you know pick the pick the yeah. pass out. Well, so this is season obviously we're leading to one of Liverpool's biggest moments in history, but certainly your own probably biggest moment in your career is obviously the Saint Etienne game. Mm-hmm. They were a superb team uh, in Europe, possibly favourites to win the cup that year, and we had them in the third round. I think the second leg was teed up to all. On aggregate, or certainly was by the time you came on the pitch with twenty minutes to go. So take it from there. Yeah. Tell us the rest of the uh, story. Well, it, it probably it isn't my biggest moment. I'll be if, if, if I'm honest. Uh, okay. it's, it's the one that's recalled to me more. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> pretty much 
not the, not many days go go by without somebody mentioning Saint Etienne, which is uh, which is nice. Yeah. But um, in the lead up to Saint Etienne, I'd had a couple of decent, I'd had a couple of decent games, um, and I remember scoring the, I think it was an equaliser against West Brom at Anfield. Mm. I remember the that there was a a news a news, a news article where the guy from Saint Etienne, the spy from Saint Etienne, had picked me out as the as the danger kind of thing, which I was kind of flattered by. Um, but by the time the St. Etienne game came, the, the away leg, I was sub. Mm. Um, we got beat 1-0. bit disappointed, obviously, to, to miss out on, on, on ties like that. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the night of St. Etienne was, was unbelievable. And, um, you know, obviously because of the... The times it's been remembered, it, it's become more as vivid as probably <clears throat> as ever. You know, it's never it's never left me. But uh, coming up just before I was getting warmed up, at um, we're 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 down then two uh, one on aggregate, and um, I remember warming up. Pace, you know, Bob Paisley sent me up to have a, to have a warm up, and I was running up and down the line, thinking, "Well, I'm going to get a, get a go now." and just see what's what's going to happen. The atmosphere was was amazing. It was an unbelievable night to be just sitting there and and, and taking it all in. Um, and as I'm as I'm getting ready, I'm um, taking the tops off. Ray Kennedy scored the the, the the two one for us on the night. So they told me just to wait on, just hang on, you know. So rather than me, because I was going on almost immediately, Razor scores that. That goal, it's now put on hold. Now let's see how it's going to go for the next few minutes. And um, that was always frustrating because like, I had a few of those moments where, you know, they said, "Well, let's, let's just see how it's going to go. Let's see, let's just see what happens." And um, things didn't improve really. The, the Razor's goal come a little bit out out of the blue because we didn't look like we were going to score two against them. In all honesty, um, it, it, it seemed to revert back to. The way it'd been before that uh, second goal, so throw me on, and it was just a case of um, simple instructions: get on there and just see if you can get a piece of the action, make a name for yourself. Mm. Um, and at that point, you've got a I've got a free free role. I mean, I came on, you know, different occasions, and I'd be told to play down the left, play down the right, or whatever. And this one, it was a case of just get on there and just. Have a roam around and see what's on the end of. Yeah. Oh, that, I, do you know what? I, I still to this day don't know who laid you on, but it was a weird assist, wasn't it? It was kind of just like a lazy foot, like a, a weird looping ball over the top. Lob, it was a lobbing header from Kennedy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was one of them. You know, strangely, that had been mentioned before. Ray Kennedy said if he, if he was ever, he said, he, I used to get changed to Ray Kennedy like, every day. Um, so uh, Ray could be quite a, a, a difficult character on a, on occasions, you know, temperamental. But sometimes you, you know, I could speak with him. I used to, I, I used to spend a lot of time with him and Jimmy Case as, as the years went on. But Razor said to me, he said, you know, if I'm ever in doubt of what to do with it, he said, I'll just plonk the ball forward and put it in between the centre backs. He said, that's a, 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 an ideal ball for you. So it was kind of like one of them. Moments that you sort of say it's not planned, but you 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 know you know mm. I know what he's gonna do, 
Yeah. And he, he knows what I'm capable of doing if he if he does it. So it's kind of looked hope hopeful. Uh, because the commentaries, if you you know, I don't know if you ever listened to any of the commentaries, the, the radio commentary particularly sort of says, "Oh, another long ball by Liverpool, you know, aimless ball." But I, I'm onto this by this time. I'm on the pitch, so I, I was I got onto it, and um, at that point, then obviously you've just got to get the ball down, haven't you? Because it, it bounces quite, it bounces high. On your upper left part of your chest, don't you? Yeah. Well, I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate because as I'm looking at the cop now, he's on that side, so I've got more space on this side. So all I've got to do is I've just got to get it to the right, you know, just take it away from the defender. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, just I think you can't prepare for moments like that. No, but I think you know what you said there about the you knew what Kennedy was going to do almost there. Mm. And I think that shows because if you hadn't have had that little bit of anticipation, you're not favourite to get that ball the right back no. is. It's closer no. to him than it is to you. Yeah, so yeah, that's true. Really well. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was. Uh, it's a great moment, and obviously remembered so so well by anybody who was there. I've been very lucky. Been very yeah. lucky to be part of that. Well, obviously the commentary. You, you spoke about the commentary yourself. He mentioned super sub scores again, or whatever he said, something like that, wasn't it? Um, and again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's where the nickname stuck. And I suppose um, it's a double-edged sword for you because that sort of label has ensured that you've been remembered in mm. some ways, but obviously it's possibly not how you wanted to be remembered and probably not even a fair reflection because 153 appearances for Liverpool, 61 as a sub. So what, what, what's your take on the whole super sub thing? It did, it did probably go away as to cementing the... Um... The super sub tag, um, because up to that point it it it, it uh, appeared in in the papers and this type of thing. It was obviously being used fairly uh, regularly. Um, that that the fact that it was kind of a national sort of uh, exposure, you know, the TV yeah. and and when Joe since had said super sub strikes again. It did seem to just sort of like plonk it in, you know. That's it. That's the uh, definitive. Um, so it was kind of um, it was. It wasn't something that I. Uh, I've, I've taken a lot more pride in it in later years than than mm. then. Um, uh, the you know, God, you, you know, I could write a book on on on. You know the moments it's embarrassed me, and 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 how the the the, the diverse sort of um, scope of people who who know me as super sub, you know, and and um, and I think I did an art, I did a paper, I did an interview, uh, probably around that time, saying how I, I I disliked it because at that point now I'm I'm pigeonholed as a fifteen minute player, you know. Yeah. And really, people take little bits off of interviews. You know, you don't often read it all and remember it all. So you, you read the little bit. I hate the super sub tag. Yeah. So for many years, that then became the story. You know, I hate it. Uh, obviously, it did me a lot of good because uh, it gave me a reputation. It helped me certainly to achieve other things because, there was, as I've been told down the years, 
by different people. It used to have this little bit of an effect. You saw areas again, you know, it's kind of mm. um, so it, it, it worked. It worked to my to my favour in, in in that sense. But um, you know, not not being down, able to nail down the, the the position for for a long time. Unfortunately, seventy seven was a difficult year. Um, I'm trying to get it. Kind of almost sort of. Uh, moved on the, the the following year. My dad died in seventy seven suddenly in the summer, uh, which was which was a bad part and and kind of dictated the next couple of years really in my life because yeah. um, it wasn't easy for me to um, it, it it wasn't easy for me to move. You know, my mum was still young. My dad had died as a young man. Uh, it wasn't easy to um, it wasn't easy to just. You know, up and leave, rock the boat, and say I'm, um, say I'm off. Uh, before my dad had passed away, he kind of he felt that I was going to get the rough end of the stick, as he as he called it, because um, I got left out of the FA Cup final team squad, so having yeah. having been kind of promised that I was. Paisley told me I was playing, and then I got left out. So my dad sort of at that point he said, he said, I think you're always going to get the rough end of the stick, and he felt that perhaps. You know, so maybe might, might Liverpool mightn't be the place for you to, to sort of to stay. Uh, you know, to stay. Mm. So that was implanted in me head. But then he, he dies suddenly. You know, within weeks of, of of saying that, and that kind of then altered my how the next couple of years unfolded. You know, having to stay stay in explains situ. Why explains why you stayed for so long, even though yeah, you know, anywhere elsewhere. I had a young mum, had a young sister. Uh, we live in a little council house, you know. Uh, it wasn't easy just to uh, to uproot. So, but I stayed in the following year. I do I do quite well, and um, for the most part, uh, four games, fifteen goals. That was a good yeah. season. 77, 78. Yeah, not bad. Um, you know, missed out on a couple of peer, a couple of peer. Well, for a little while, I went miss. I, he, Left me out the team and didn't get in. That disappointed me because I think I scored about had about ten up till to Christmas. I was uh, if not the goal top goal scorer. I was joint top goal scorer with Kenny. I think yeah. uh, quite quite close to Christmas time. But then sometimes something happened at the back end. I didn't didn't uh, play as much as um, I thought. Went out the picture a little bit, but they came back in strong at the end and then um, played in the European Cup final, which. You talk of highlights. I mean, that's the highlight, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Wembley was that one, Bruges. Yeah, yeah, playing at Wembley. I mean, absolutely. You know, that's what you dreamt of in going back to Everton. That, that that's that's when you dreamt of playing at Wembley in a cup final and all that type of stuff. So, so that was that that was fantastic. Um, but you know, it's plagued. Um, I don't know whether you read the autobiography, but um, it's a long story and the. With, with the Bob Paisley thing, because he, he had these excuses and he, he constantly kind of contradicted himself in 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 ways and um, in a in a way of pacifying and upsetting me. And from being like early in my career, he was he was very much a a guiding sort of figure, a real helpful figure. Um, he went to being awkward and and a bit sort of. Um, you know, obviously the situations he now had to deal with me with were yeah. more serious than what, how he had to do when I was younger. 
but he was like he had all the influence. Now if I'm giving him a little bit back, he's obviously now I've probably rattled him a little bit unbeknown to me. But he, um, you know, he, he always he tried to uh, he, he tried to pacify me, and I, and I think the ways that he did, did pacify me were, were a little bit unfair, and and that's yeah, you know, that, that kind of our our our, our, our relationship soured a little bit. He writes in his own autobiography about how troubled he was each time, you know, he left you on the bench and sit for certain occasions and, you know, not just yourself, there was other players who, who didn't even get a, a, you know, a chance to even be on the bench and things like that. So, I mean, it must have been a, a, such a difficult job and yeah. we had some legends playing for the club who, who maybe the fans wanted to see and all that. But yeah. um, do you ever sympathise with his, the position he had, he was in? Um, I, th- I think you, I can. I could find a case to say yeah, but I think there are ways of doing it. And yeah, you know, I've spoken to a couple of the, the the lads in recent years about the relationship with Jurgen, for example. How you know this this sort of uh, arm around the shoulder type of thing. How you you um, um, you're made to feel a part of it, even even though he's letting you down. You know. Couple of the lads have said to me, said you just can't dislike them, the guy, you know. Whereas, and Dave Johnson, Terry McDermott, Jimmy Case, we all have all have stories. Joey Jones, all how he he let let us down in in yeah. different ways. Um, it was the players who he didn't let down all speak so well of him? You know, yeah. like Kenny, Kevin, um, you know. Uh, if he if he didn't have to have that confrontation with you, then Bob Paisley was a great would come across as, a, as, as you know you say he's a great guy. But yeah. when he had, when he did confrontation, he did it in a way that was slightly unfair. There are better ways of of letting people down, and I think, I think if I was ever in that situation, I'd have done it differently. Yep, yeah, fair. Um, but I'm just thinking that you know if you think of Shankly and you think of uh, Klopp, they're very much extrovert type A personalities, and you know. Obviously, Paisley's the opposite, wasn't he? He's a very introverted, shy man. So maybe he just didn't have the, um, I don't know, the confidence or the personality to deal with that type of a situation very well. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, it's not to take anything away from his achievements because what he does, his achievements are awesome. You know, oh, yeah. amazing, and um, and he did it his way. It wasn't a case of of um, piggybacking on on Shanks at all. Obviously, learnt a lot. From from Shanks, but he did it his own way without without a shadow of doubt. So it's not to ever take anything away from Bob Paisley. It's just you know it's a it's a personal um, it's kind of it's yeah. my personal re- reflection, um, and and it's not wishing to put the other boys in a, in a difficult situation. But I've had conversations with the other lads, and they've had you know they they've got their stories to tell, and they wish that it perhaps it could have been done differently. You know. Um, so it's it, it is hard. It is hard. It is definitely definitely hard. Um, but I think I think we learn. I think how you you see football now, or you hear you hear of different sorts of different reasoning to why things happen in football now. I think there's a bit of more feel, you know, a feeling sort of approach. Rather then it was all a bit. Well, I don't care what he says, but you know. Stick them in the corner. That's the way it is. Uh, but now you have people have a little bit more, you know, they, they have a little bit more respect for, you know, um, 
you've got to keep people on the on your side because you might need yeah. them. You know, yeah. you could, you? you know, I remember being in the toilet one time at Sunderland, and uh, and he, he comes to the toilet, and I'm I'm in the toilet, and he, he comes and stands next to me, and he said, uh, "Take that look off your face." You know, I was obviously looking miserable, and one thing there was nil nil. He said, um, "said we might we might need you here in a minute." You know, this kind of thing, and you think, "Oh yes," so you know. Likely story, you know, it's just another one of his little sort of thingies on. Anyway, yeah. 20 minutes on or so, I go on, don't I? And uh, I score the winner. We won 1 0. <laughs> you know, so yeah. kind of like if he, if he had been a bit more like that with me on a regular basis, you know, yeah. it might have been easier for me to, I might not have sat in with a, like a, a down sort of trodden yeah. expression. Fair enough. Absolutely fair. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to ask you, you know, obviously famous that Keegan left and Daglish was the replacement. I, I did, did Were people talking in the club like this is some player this or did no one know really like just what we were going to be in for? Not really. Um, I was on holiday. I was in Spain. And, um, and, you know, in those days, you often found out about players coming by uh, the papers. You know, we had no, we had no forewarning. Liverpool was so good at doing what they did, and uh, never really. Uh, we knew a little bit about Kenny, but I don't think anybody was that aware of him, unless you played against England, Scotland. You yeah. know, um, I don't think I didn't. I'd never really seen that. I, I don't think I'd seen anything that was memorable about Kenny. In, yeah. in fairness, heard his name mentioned. I was just saying the other day, actually, how football is reported. I mean, I made my debut for Liverpool, and a couple of months earlier, Glenn Hodlett made his debut for Spurs. Now, until a few years, I didn't even know. I'd never even I knew of Glenn Hoddle later on. At that point, I didn't even hear Glenn Hoddle, you know, because you didn't hear of you only you only the Daily Express here wrote about Liverpool, Manchester United, Everton, that type yeah. of thing. You know what I mean? Uh, you didn't you didn't get. Southern news, you didn't get Scottish news. Everything was so regionalised. So not even knowing players who were playing in the first division until you played against them. You know, you didn't know that much again. Didn't know anything about Scotland. It was never on the telly. Um, But reading, reading, I I make a joke, you know, um, I'm on holiday and you think, well, Keegan's gone made up now. You know, there's one barrier out of the way. And then you're going to go and sign Kenny Dalglish, you know. Uh, doesn't get any. Doesn't get any easier. And get, get, in fact, it got more difficult. But yeah. uh, he was. He was amazing. He was dead easy to get along with straight away. He was so natural, Kenny. Um, he, he wasn't a. Um, there was no real readjustments and all that. He, he laughed easy, you know, which was a key part of being in the Liverpool group. You know, being able to get along with the boys. Uh, it was. It was. It was amazing, and it didn't take long to realize. You know what his strengths were like. Yeah. So, obviously, you've gone and played against Keegan's team then in, in, in I don't know, it was the European Cup, I think it was, maybe. We played, a, we played a friendly with him first in the summer. We went we went over to Hamburg. We played a we played a friendly in the summer against him. Okay. As uh, part of the transfer, I think. Oh, yeah, I've heard yeah. that, yeah. We, well, we scored in each leg in the, in, the, in the European Cup tie. Yeah, and I scored in the friendly as well. I scored oh, nice. in the friendly. Yeah, I've played Hamburg three times that year. He scored three times. <laughs> nice to get one over. Like, oh, you've left us, and we'll do. So we're going to put this past you. 
going to put seven goals past you. Was there any of that type of a feeling? It, it, it was it was amazing um, night that Hamburg because um, they were a decent team, um, but uh, the 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 game over there was um, was played. It was tricky winter winter night, uh, so it was very very tight. Don't think we expected to beat them six. Um, Kevin obviously um, come back, and you know, like you've seen these scenes more recently. You know, when Ray, Ray Clements came back and he got he was like fated, and he, the way Kevin had left, he never got the welcome that I think he, he perhaps thought he and what he probably deserved. Actually, yeah. it was um, it was one of those you, you you dumped on us, so it was kind of like. Let's get you know. Let's get our own back. So yeah. to have, have what's the name to, to hammer them the way we did was was brilliant. We were we were in good uh, we were in good form. Yeah. So obviously Rush comes in, and I just wanted you to talk a little bit about the, the partnership of. I'd like you to compare the partnership of Daglish and Rush, and then you've mm. got Keegan and Toshak, and you've probably at some point played alongside all of them. Yeah. Favorite one individual, as, not as a player, but as a partnership with you. Who did you click with the best out of them four? Kenny, probably. Yeah, yeah, I think so because Kenny, Kenny's um, imagination uh, was obvious. Yeah, um, you know, I say that in, in retrospect. <laughs> yeah. Because that was his strength. He, he he could see he could see moves yeah. ahead, opportunities, but he had the ability to put the ball there. Where you know, I mean, you can you can maybe think that you can pull something off, um, but Kenny could do it. Um, <laughs> and obviously, we all benefited from from playing alongside Kenny because um, he was he was un, he was he wasn't he was unselfish as well. You know, he never. He, he never chose the um, he never chose the personal sort of benefit yeah. against the team's benefit, uh, you know, which was which was obviously I've said before it was a big feature about every all Liverpool people, all Liverpool players. Really, you couldn't afford to be selfish. Apart from anything else, getting a getting a, a bollock in like from, from <laughs> whoever, you, whoever you ignored, yeah. But, Kenny, Kenny's was right up there. I think he, you know, the the mix that he had was just was just fantastic. Just yeah. you know, fan, fantastic. So he'd make he'd make any he'd make anybody good. You know, yeah. um, I know what you mean? Yeah. So okay, nineteen eighty. You know, you're starting to appear less for Liverpool by now, but not the you know still had moments in that season. You scored a hat trick in one game. Um, mm. I never think you scored. A goal in another game a week later, which kept the unbeaten run at Anfield going, um, which had been two years, yeah, two years strong. So, so there was no the, the reason one that was one of the there was a strange the start of the 79-80 season. <laughs> Bob Basie said to me in the uh, in the August, um, he decided he was going to start Stevie Highway off in the Charity Shield Charity Shield game. He said. We'll give him a little bit. He said he's on the end. He said, so we'll give him a few games. He'll run himself out. And he said, and that's it. It's open, it's open for you then. That's mm-hmm. what he he said, pretty much in those words. He started off like a house on fire. Everything that Dave Johnson hit went in. 
Steve, the team were playing on automatic pilot. It was just unbelievable. If you look at the results in um, from like August on, I'm sub a few times. And I did, you know, on occasion, I used to go to Bob Bayes and say, I don't want to be sub again. I said, I want to play because, you know, I'm, play, I'm sub every week. I'm training all week and I'm sub. So I'd rather go and play in the reserves with my mates, which maybe didn't do me any favours because I passed up a couple of opportunities that might have come about, you know. You, you come on a sub one night for for an injury or something like that. Might have ended up getting a little bit of a, a run. So he kept me a sub, thinking that Stevie Iwe was going to run out of gas. And uh, as I say, it all went that well. Stevie um, Stevie strolled it. You know, played. Everyone was playing. Everybody was was playing in second gear. They, they didn't have to raise their game. It was it was unbelievable. The, the some of the results, the games. I was sitting on the bench, you know, like knocking four and five past teams at Anfield and thinking, what the hell, it looks that easy, you know. So I didn't get a game then until the, um, February, uh, February the 9th uh, against, against Norwich. Um, which, you know, you spin off, you know, people say, you know, you need, you need games, you can't turn form on like a tap. And sometimes I look back on it and think that's how it was expected of me. I got about that one game; I had to make it count. Otherwise, you were back to you were back to square one. You know, um, so obviously fortunate to um, start against Norwich, and um, and it went really well. Um, hat trick. <laughs> yeah. The ball. You know what? Well, the after the game. They were they were dead. T- they didn't give me the match ball. They gave me this old. I think they gave me an old training ball. To be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I remember being totally underwhelmed. You know, I've got yeah. a couple of balls from other things, and they still look brand new. Yeah, um, this ball was bloody. It was a practice. They they got that from an old bag that they had in the thingy. So I never yeah. ever uh, I never enjoyed it. It's well gone. So ended yeah. up on. Ended up on the tip somewhere there. <laughs> it's a nice milestone, though, isn't it, to take off? You know, you, you've come on, you've, you've won a European Cup, you've scored goals in front of the cop, but now that's another thing you can take off, hat-trick for the Reds. Yeah, most definitely. And as I said earlier, I mean, I, I've been so used to scoring, you know, multiple goals all through yeah, my career. Mm. So, and I'd done it in the reserves, and I'd done it in, I'd done it in pre-season games with Liverpool. I hadn't done it in the league. So it is. It is. It is one of those things to say. Well, you know, it, you know, it, I, I'll never not sort of say if only kind of thing. I did score a hat trick, and uh, I should have scored a fourth actually. Had a um, Justin Fashion who scores the equaliser, and then a little while later, I get a little. Uh, I got a run in on Keelan, a one on one. I was pretty good on. Normally, I, was, I fancy myself on one on ones, and he saved it. I remember kicking myself, and I've no. seen it. I've seen it only probably, God, three three months ago on telly. It's shown up on these BT, have these reruns and things. Yeah. Still make, uh, still, it still makes me feel bad now, even yeah. now. Like all these years on, why didn't I score the fourth? It makes me... It makes me cringe. But it was a great game. And obviously, we, we come through 5-3, which was, you know, icing on the cake kind of thing, really. Yeah. So you mentioned then um, about, you know, you score, you've scored hat-tricks in the reserves and you mentioned to, to Paisley uh, that he didn't want to be sub anymore and stuff. But 
I can see why you're enjoying playing for the reserves because it was just like that was easy work for you, wasn't it? That that was like you were incredibly prolific at that level. Yeah, I, I was with my mates as well. You know, yeah. these were, you know some of the lads who had I'd grown up with. We had a great we had a great uh, bond there. These were the lads I used to socialise with. Uh, yeah. Still, my mates now. Uh, some of them, and uh, and Roy Evans was the manager. It was a good atmosphere to be. You know, it was a good you know it was a good atmosphere to be in. Yeah. You know, not just the footy. It was the laugh going to the games yeah. and everything that went with it. It was, it was, it was good. It made me happy. Um, yeah. That was what you were kind of. That's what you're after as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, everyone can understand that. So that kind of that coupled with the situation at home, kind of explains why you won ground a little bit doing that um, rather than yeah. just it off. But eventually, though, you, you, a loan moves come about, hasn't it? I think was it a loan to Toronto playing the MLS. Yeah, 81. Well, 81, I got injured, you see. That that was the, the following season. Uh, I got injured, uh, a knee injury, which, um, well, did be cartilage. Um, I played, I started the start of that season, 81. Um, had a bit of a run, played against, I did me cartilage against Brighton. Um, we played it, we played, Amf, we played at Anfield, and, um, uh, Mark Larson was playing for Brighton then. It shows you when it was. <laughs> and uh, I felt me knee go. And, uh, but I played on and ended up, uh, I scored uh, against Brighton. Next morning, I went in for treatment. Um, had a bit of treatment. Played against uh, Ulu Palacera at Anfield on a Tuesday night. <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday night. Yeah. Again, scored a couple. And then played against City on the following Saturday. At that point, the knee just gave it just gave in. I'd been playing with this thing. I knew it was I knew it would be cartilage, but I didn't know I, I didn't think I didn't think I'd torn it. Um but because it, it locked against Brighton and I remember freeing freeing the joint. Yeah. And then um so I played like through it, tried to just carry on. And 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 I got I got I got sort of um, well I had to come off injured against City, and then so I had this cartilage operation, get back after the cartilage, and it wasn't quite right, but well it wasn't I wasn't back to me right best. I mean, um, but I got injured again against Derby, uh, Derby reserves. I played against um, played against Everton in the cup. We got beat on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, you remember that at all? Wasn't quite born yet. <laughs> no. Uh, well, you may you may have seen it. it was it was mentioned in a quiz question some time ago. Um, it was one of the first Sunday games uh, on television. I think oh, okay. it was not the first. Yeah. And um, so we got beat by Evan in the cup, and then he thought I needed a little bit of sharpness, so he gave me a game in the reserves at Derby, and uh, I got challenged and um, on the same knee. Yeah. I basically, I basically lost a year. Then I lost. Um, it was difficult for them to. Um, it was difficult for them to locate what had happened because technology hadn't yeah. moved, hadn't really came on yet. With the the, the arthroscopy thing finally yeah. uh, emerged, and that found what um, what was causing the problem behind my kneecap. So it was then thought that because I couldn't get. Back fitter, Rushy and Kenny now have developed the rep- the, the uh, relationship. 
Mm. They're in the they're in the team, and um, Bob Paisley said to me, he said rather than um, sort of training away through the through the summer, did you fancy going out on loan? Uh, if I find you a place to go, he said somebody somebody mentioned. He said, do you fancy going to Hong Kong? I said, don't really fancy going to Hong Kong, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So I said, I'd go, to, I'd go to America. I said, I'd go and have a, I'd, I'd go and see what America was like because America was making a bit of a reputation for itself then. Yeah. You know, Pelé had just been there and George Best was still there, all that. So I said, um, I'd go to America. I said, okay, then I'll, uh, I'll find somewhere for you. So um, next thing, he, he says, uh, there are a couple of teams fan would like, wouldn't mind you going over there for the summer. Yeah, would be fancy. So I chose Toronto. Nice. Never, I'd never. To be honest with you, I'd never really heard of Toronto. Um, I don't think I'd even heard of it as a place. Um, Did you know back then it was in Canada? I, yeah, I think that was about all I knew. Uh, I remember speaking to somebody, and I said about. Uh, I've been. Oh, it was a mate of one of the lads used to just hang around in the players' lounge. Tommy Smith's mate, and I just said about going to Toronto. He said, oh, "I said the." You ride around on horses there and all that. I said, really? So, oh, <laughs> I don't know if he was taking the mickey or what. But he said, oh, yeah, you get into horse riding and all this type of stuff. And uh, I said, all oh, right, that sounds sounds great. You know, uh, America was like, it was the great, it was it was obviously, you, you saw the odd thing about Pele and Beckenbauer playing in the in Cosmos and that. I mean, didn't know what, I didn't know what America was like. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, no, it was great. I had a, had a summer in uh, I had a summer in Toronto. It was um, where was Tommy it, Smith because he went, didn't he? Tommy went to um, Fort Lauderdale. Oh, okay, yeah. A famous picture signed by Tommy. Slide tackling. Well, he's snapping Pele actually. Uh, right, signed right. it to me. Yeah, he was. Uh, I think he tells he tells a story. He got into Team America, Smithy, and Pele's there and all that. Long upon it. He made some disparaging remarks about Smithy being hopeless and all that, you know. Oh. And again, I get around Pele, you you would feel inferior. Yeah. But he tells he he tells the whole tale, where basically then Pele sort of like uh, asks who Smithy is, you know, because yeah. he he was crap. Like Smithy was joking, laughing about himself. Yeah. Um, but um. Sorry. He did feel the Anfield iron. I've got the photograph. Uh, yeah, he would. He would. <laughs> I think uh, there are many. There are many can testify. It, it did exist. He was the Anfield. Uh, he was made of iron, Smithy. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, so that, that was a good. That was a good opportunity to go for six months to um, to get some fitness. It kind of got me thinking about you know. What was a what was ahead? You know, the pool wasn't the be all and end all because mm. you know being cocoon now, being around all my friends and everything at Liverpool, uh, being away for the first time, it kind of it, it got you know got me thinking much more. So, you know, the pool isn't forever. Yeah, well, you end up going to Lucerne. Um, mm. So yeah, I'm curious as to how that come about and why Lucerne. I, I love Switzerland and that's a beautiful part of the world, mm. but. Uh, what, what was your reason for for going over there, and why did it happen? Kind of a long story, made as short as possible. Liverpool made out that Liverpool had made it known, and I had a conversation with Bob Paisley. He was retiring; Joe Fagan was going to take over, but they wanted me to sign. But they'd signed 
they, they, the offer they'd made me wasn't on as big a wage as I'd previously been on. Clearly, had a doubt that maybe I wasn't up, you know, mm. the thing. Whether they were throwing me a hint, but basically it said, you know, I could go, and it gave me a free transfer, and I was quite happy to accept it. I said, okay, I'll go for, I'll go, for, I'll take the free transfer, which mm. meant, you know, anything I, anything I could make yep. was my own. Of um, so the phone rang a few times. I had a few interested uh, English teams. Went looked like I was going to Man City. I'd, I'd had a good conversation with uh, Tony Buch at the time, Man City, and he, he said um, we left. I said, well, I'm going on holiday tomorrow. Um, why don't we we talk about it when I get back? You know, uh, it seems it seems okay. Seems that that's okay. So I went to Spain. While I was in Spain, I got contacted by an agent. Phone, I, you know, phone call. You never got in those days. You never got a phone call in Spain. Um, Got a message, somebody on the phone. All right. So speak to this. He was an Austrian guy. And he says, um, I'm an agent, blah, blah, blah. I've got a team in Switzerland that would like to sign you. I said, well, I'm on holiday. I'm here for another two weeks. Yeah. He said, uh, I can come and see you. I said, well, if you want, you know, not thinking that. You know, who's yeah. going to come to fly to Spain and see somebody on the holiday? Mm-hmm. So uh, he showed up the next day. He said, I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> and he, he was he was there, um, so he um, uh, he flew to Spain. Told me that uh, Basel wanted to sign me, FC Basel. Mm. So I knew I knew of Basel. I played there for Liverpool. Um, thought, yeah, that'd be that's that's interesting. So I had to go back home from holiday. Um, uh, he got us back from Spain. And and then arranged for me to go to Switzerland the following weekend. Got to Switzerland. Well, in the meantime, I was having a few phone. Oh no, that's right. Got back, went off to Switzerland, and um, when I got there, uh, I was in Zurich. I was in Zurich, and he said to me, "He said Basel don't want you to sign anymore. What am I doing here then? You know, <laughs> bit pointless me yeah. having come over here for a weekend." He said, "But." Uh, I have another club, FC Lucerne. So, all oh, right, okay. The way he told the story wasn't the most sort of like he, he totally let me down, but then picked us up. He said, "But Lucerne, I'm <laughs> interested." So, uh, off we went. We went to to Lucerne. Had some uh, talks with them, and one thing another. Had a medical. Um, thought it was jumping the gun a little bit, but before I knew where I was, I was because of the language. I was hooked up to a machine and. They were testing all my bits mm-hmm. uh, um, and everything, and uh, we we uh, we went back uh, to Zurich. We had a, me, me and we showed my wife at the time, but um, we went back to Zurich, and we had a night in Zurich, just me and Jan, and we were kind of we were just uh, thinking about what we'd what we'd. Uh, what we'd seen we just loved the place it was just amazing it was just beautiful and it wasn't even the nicest of days really we just thought the place was great the offer was fantastic so we came back and the plan was that they were going to come over to uh, england to to liverpool we were going to have another chat and came back had a few offers uh by leverkusen were very interested yeah. um, Made a made the same offer 
as the Swiss. I'd spoke, a number of clubs had come to me, come to me. English clubs contacted me again. I said, well, this is what I've been offered in Switzerland. Nobody could come near it. And uh, I said, you know, I don't want to make it all about money. I said, but they said, you got to take the, you got to take the deal in Switzerland. It's just, it was just too good. Yeah. Um, so by Leverkusen matched the offer, but I had to put it, I had to wait for three or four days over a weekend for the manager to come. Det McCrammer was due back off holiday and he just wanted to make sure that everything was. Yeah. And I thought, if he comes back off holiday on Monday and then says no, will the, will the Lucerne offer still be there? Yeah. So I took the Lucerne offer. Yeah, fair enough. Which, not, not football's hotspot, but, uh, <laughs> you know, anybody who's been to Switzerland uh, will know what a, what a fabulous place it is to live. Yeah, I've been a couple of times and I could imagine just to spend a couple of years playing football there would be heaven. You know, not from yeah. a football perspective, but just from life, you know. I got, I got asked. I got asked a week or so ago. I was doing something, and um, asked me about regrets. And I said, the one regret I probably have is coming back from Switzerland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I watched Bradley Walsh on it the other the other day. Yeah. And uh, it just brings it all back. It's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Tax books there as well, isn't it? Tax benefit. Is the tax benefits in Switzerland as well? Every canton has its own tax rate. Oh, okay. So. They, some some cantons encourage business because they'll they, they negotiate what you you know if you want to take up residency. Yeah. You'll agree on your tax tax rate. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's certainly better than here. Yeah. So eventually you leave there and then you've played for a number of clubs, haven't you? Like I know Tramia was one of them and City, although I don't think you made played any games for them, but what it looks like looking at your appearances there, um blighted by injury. Um, well, I left Switzerland and, and we got into a situation which shouldn't have happened, but but did. That's what can, can't can't sort of. Um, I'd been a couple of English clubs had been on to me and had asked me to uh, if I was interested. And in the they unsettled me really. Southampton being the main, the biggest culprit. Mm. Uh, come back. Everton tried to sign me at that point in the um, uh, Howard Kendall. Tried to uh, entice me there, and I um, I ended up having a little spell at Norwich. It was between City and Norwich. It's a long, kind of a long story, and I was duped by Norwich. To be honest with you, I played two games for Man City reserves under Billy McNeil, um, and then Ken, Ken Brown kind of kidded me, um, got me over to Norwich. Um, they got relegated. And City got promoted that year, and um, Norwich didn't have Norwich didn't have the now the money to to give to make the contract that enticed me uh, yeah. there. Uh, with hindsight, obviously, you should have taken the City should should have taken the City thing. Yeah, kind of left me Kevin left me in limbo though because now um, the, the 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 point. I had an injury at Norwich right at the end of the season, and um, and so for a month, or two, the initial month or two of the season finishing, I'd had an op- I had an operation um, up here in Liverpool, uh, but nobody would you know nobody's going to take you while you're injured. So I had to get fit again through the through the summer. So gradually got fit, went to Oldham, had a year at Oldham under Joe Royal, mm. and um, uh, there was football. Uh, 
Futcher and Ron Futcher and um, uh, Ron Futcher and Mickey Quinn were up front okay. for Oldham. Yeah. Joe later told me that he thought that he was going to sell Quinny. So he thought he'd take me and he'd have a ready-made replacement. Yeah. As it was, Quinny, Quinny never left. Uh, so it was a bit like the Keegan Toshak sort of scenario again. I'm the third wheel on there. Yeah. Third wheel kind of thing. Um, but I realised that Mr. Constant, Constant was, um, you know, I'd, I'd really enjoyed it. And um, I got this offer to go to Belgium straight away. I really, really, I really enjoyed it. Belgium was, Belgium was superb. A couple of seasons in Belgium, were, I had three seasons there in all. Yeah, um, some was some was born there. Um, great, the, the 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 club's a great club. They're still in contact with me now. They they contact me on a regular basis, keep in touch with me, and um, all that stuff. I've got a I've got a couple of little land no noteworthy landmarks in their in their history okay uh, so um yeah real real uh pity that i had to kind of i decided to come back yeah yeah. Well, was, yeah yeah well what caused you to wind it up then do you just think i'm not the player i was was it an injury or just done fed up with football but at this point cease to enjoy the belgian thing was 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 difficult because they, they tried to sign they tried to sell me but they they didn't have the right to sell. I didn't want to go where they wanted to sell me oh, yeah. to. But if I came back to Britain, if I came back to England, I came back as a free transfer. PFA negotiated this way out of Belgium. Yeah. Being able to go, if I'd been able to choose my club in France, I had, I had a couple of teams that would, you know, which I fancied. I had a couple in Belgium that fancied me. Mm. But the Belgians wanted, uh, they wanted a fee for me. Yeah. Uh, and, wanted, and want the club to, the club that agreed to pay the money was um, wasn't to my sort of liking. Yeah. So uh, so I came back on this free transfer. It was the only. It was kind of the only way out, yeah. really. Um, and I went to Tranmere. Um, I enjoyed Tranmere. Tranmere was one of the. Tranmere was probably one of the most fun years I ever spent because the group of lads were just nuts. You know, I mean. They're just like a Sunday league team managed by an eccentric Johnny yeah. King. Um, that like, I mean, the, the Tramier lads are just hilarious. I'm on the, I'm on the, I'm on a WhatsApp group with the Tramier lads. Um, <laughs> they, they were just, they were just daft. You're just good, you know, real mixture of nutcases. Like, yeah, but enjoyed that. And unfortunately. Uh, Johnny King thought I, he, he didn't he didn't need me and he uh, he let me go and I have to say in, in, he did later say to me he said he made a mistake he shouldn't have let me go but he did and that was a that was a bit of a pity because I might have done another couple of years I would have been a Tranmere yeah. I went to Wigan and hated it I hated yeah. Wigan uh, Brian Hamilton was the manager and he just he just ruined my he just kind of he kind of ate away at my Passion. So enjoy enjoyment of being there day every day. You know what I mean? Just just made life awkward. Mm. I thought this is not no no fun, and that's the level of it. Tramia might have been a it could have been a different case if it had another year at Tramia. Might have, I think you know would have uh, I wouldn't have probably rushed to have have retired so so uh, so quickly. Yeah. Well, thanks for an amazing look back on a on a on a superb career. That any scouser would be 
you know, unbelievably proud and excited to have. Um, I'm just going to touch on on today's team before we let you go, David. If that's all right. Yeah, no As I say, we try to keep these timeless. Um, so it's more predictions. So for anyone who's listening, this has been recorded on the 26th of January, 2021. Uh, Liverpool have just gone 11 halves of football, scoring two goals, just being put out the cup by United. We're in a bit of a slump. Uh, both our centre backs are injured. What do you think is going to happen for the rest of this season? Can you make any predictions around how Liverpool might go from here? Might we dip into the transfer market? What do you think might might happen? I think with only a couple of days to go to the the closer transfer window, it looks unlikely. It seems that the club, unless they surprise us, they seem to have been pretty intent on trying to make do with what what they had in the in the squad, which is. A little bit disappointing. Um, yeah. I mean, it's been such bad luck to lose the influential players that we have done. Yeah. It's been it's been a run of injuries like like no other, and that and that's been a major handicap. Um, I think I think I would be surprised now if Liverpool were to sign anybody. There's been enough names mentioned, but there seems to have been a real lack of. I think uh, of an encouragement to think that Liverpool are going to take somebody, but um, some sort of stopgap. I, I think when you when you look back on a couple of the games we've had recently, mightn't be a mightn't be a bad thing. Would would take a little bit of a uh, not so much maybe nervousness that that we seem to seem to have. I think I think at the, at the back we're vulnerable and. Um, and that might sort of that would help. I, I think it would help. I think it would. Um, you know, clearly, teams are identified for the moment. The right side of, of Liverpool's defence is, is a weakness. Uh, we're coming under we're coming under bar- barrage from uh, in in that sense. And it isn't just this season, really. I think uh, you go back as far as the the Charity Shield a couple of seasons ago against City, and um, I think. Um, after the uh, the Kiev uh, Champions League appearance, I think the right was on the wall. That I think teams seem to earmark our right side as a yeah. as a sort of weaker weaker part. And for that sense, you think that you should have a you know you need a, you need a strong centre half in there to to just give a little bit of uh, comfort, so yeah. to speak. So it's it's been disappointing the, um, the 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 run that we're in. I think that. Uh, Jota being injured, that's been a blow. You know, opportunity to refresh the front three, who clearly have not looked at, at all. Sort of, um, we haven't had the. It's been rare that we've had the three of them fire on all. I know the Crystal Palace game was 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 a, was a great sort of scoreline, but the exception of that, we haven't seen them all firing on all together. They, they, you know, times Mane. Manny, Manny is brilliant, I think, in the, the effort that he gives. Things haven't been running his way. And clearly, Manny, Firmino and Salah have been a little bit out of sorts. So we've, we've needed somebody like Jota just to, yeah. to freshen up and just to, to score different types of goals. Jota yeah. just has a way of scoring goals that, you know, we, 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 he looks probably the surest in front of goal out of the four, out of, the four of them, I would say. Yeah. Uh, he looks the most comfortable, the best technique. Um, so that's been a blow. 
Um, I think, and all, and all teams can say this, but I think it's it's obvious in Liverpool's from Liverpool's point of view, the pull of Mr. Crowds for sure. We, we've dropped points against teams that we would have done had Anfield had some atmosphere and yeah, and, and, and people in there. So that's a that's a frustration for me, and it's yeah, it's I, a, weak, a weak excuse. <laughs> I think I think it really has affected us badly. That uh, I think Trent is so much Anfield. You know, people often credit the twelfth man at Liverpool so often. So it's only natural that when it's not there, you know, it it will have the opposite effect, surely. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the, all the all the, the the big managers of the day, they've all commented on the difference. Anything's possible at Anfield. Yeah, uh, but in an empty Anfield. It, it is. It loses. It's, it becomes sterile, yeah. and um, and the intensity is not there with the, with our game, is it? It's just. No. It's just. It's a bit passive. We're we're sort of just going through the motions. Pass, 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 pass. It's it's just. Uh, yeah. It's the 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 It's not the same game at the moment. No. So look, Jota will be back soon. Matip's will be fit again. Mm. How, do you, how do you predict the rest of the season going? I, I, th- I think we're going to be bad at the moment. It, to me, it's looking like third or fourth. Yeah, yeah. Champions League qualification, hopefully, would be would be the. I think we could look upon that as being probably uh, not success, but uh, consolation. Yeah. And it's been said by different you know different people, and it's fortunate to be with a group of people that. Proved it wrong, but it's very difficult to defend the title. Really difficult to to defend the title, and who probably didn't appreciate how good the 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 strength of character that was around us when when Liverpool did it a couple of times. You know, uh, we always had a, a target on our back this year, and yeah. you know, as I say, mentioning about Anfield and things like that, that hasn't made it. That hasn't you know that hasn't helped. So. Um, I think um, you know we 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 probably missed we missed a trick. Uh, Thiago was a good sign, you know, it was a good sign. That thing, there's a lot, plenty of ability there. Him getting injured has been a, has been a blow as well. But mm. if you if you are champions, I think you've got to make sure that you do strengthen. You you can't rely too much on the pool of players that you had who, who won you the league. You know, yeah, yeah, to refresh the wheel. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, thank you so much for the goals. Thank you so yeah. much for the trophies. And thank yeah. you so much for the last two hours. I've thought I know Gary has too. And I'm sure our listeners will as well. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, it's good. Uh, obviously, you uh, waffled on a lot, but uh, that's uh, that's me. And particularly on a day like today, it's uh, it's, it's waffling weather. Miserable, it's cold. And Oh, what better than a trip down memory lane? It's absolutely <laughs> day up. I've loved every second of it, so... I don't cry under the du- I don't cry under the duvet now. <laughs> Great. Thanks very much, David. No problem. See you boys.